Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip-hop that examines where hip-hop has been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suwami. And I'm James Rathbone. And this week, we are dipping back into our bag. That's right, the mailbag. <laughs> <laughs> we're dipping into the mailbag. So this week, we're talking, we're handling all of your questions that people have sent in through our Boosie Fade Facebook group and to our Instagram account at Ketchup Podcast. Uh, we appreciate everyone who's sending in questions. We're really mm-hmm. excited to answer them. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple great events coming up. We should mention before we get into that. Very exciting stuff. Uh, one of my favorite movies, uh, sort of from when I was first getting into hip hop, it came out uh, at a very exciting time. ATL. Mm-hmm. T.I. kind of came out with T.I. This is T.I. This is T.I. Yeah, is the like golden mo- boy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was such like an exciting time. And what you know was like one of those songs, like the first time you heard it, you look, it was like your mind blew because mm-hmm. it would, nothing had kind of sounded exactly like that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the album King that came out around, it was so great. Yep. Um, so that so- is Thursday, April 4th. It's that's at the Bell Tiff Lightbox at John and King um thursday april 4th at at 9 p.m so we'd love to see you there and the very next night we have an extremely extremely exciting party it is our return to the old parts and labor basement the shop it's boosie fate 34 if you're in toronto and even if you're not if you're in canada you can get to toronto if you're near an airport if you should you should 1000 percent be in attendance for this because uh, we have honestly very legendary parties at this place and I can't even describe them. It's like, it's, you literally have to be there. It is unlike anything you've ever experienced. I guarantee it. So if you're around, you should definitely pull up for that. Yeah. And, uh, that's it. Let's get into the episode. Okay. So this is the catch up our second or third mailbag episode. I think it's our third one. And so we have a slate of questions from a bunch of our listeners from around the world, which we're really excited to get into. And let's kick it off with uh, our man from Switzerland, uh, M. Kabil. Shout out to you. We appreciate your listening, your listenership and uh, your question, which is really good. The question is, what are your thoughts on Russ? The guy is selling out arenas and I don't know anyone that listens to him. I would say that, first of all, that speaks to the quality of your social network, <laughs> that you don't have any uh, uh, Russ fans in it. Um, but seriously, I think, like, he's kind of destined to be almost like a insane clown posse, tech nine, like, hip-hop outlier who's got a hugely hardcore, like, diehard fan base that is also just irrelevant to the broader culture, more or less. Yeah, that sounds right. I, I remember being at this music festival in the Netherlands, I guess in 2016. And uh, the major headliners were like Playboy Cardi, Gucci Mane, Post Malone, and Russ. And I remember watching, and Migos as well, actually. And I remember watching Russ perform. And there were, I was surrounded by teenagers who were very into him. They were very into mm-hmm. the fact that he was a producer and a rapper. Mm-hmm. And if you, I don't know if, how many of you guys know about this, but last year on the Forbes cash, the hip hop cash Kings list, Russ was pretty high on the list. He made $15 million last year, mm-hmm. $15 million. This motherfucker's touring arenas, you know? Yeah. And like, you know, if you read the article about, about how at 26, he ended up on this list is that he basically does everything himself. Mm-hmm. He writes, he produces, he mixes, he masters, he does everything by himself. 
He stayed independent for a really long time from the time that he was really young and was very smart and like savvy about how he operated in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And I think he's still reaping the benefits of that now. Mm-hmm. I personally, I find much of his music pretty unlistenable. Mm-hmm. It's just not my taste, but I, I, I am really impressed with his business acumen. Mm-hmm. And I, I think just in general that like if a lot of, I think that he's a really interesting test case that a lot of artists can look at his story mm-hmm. and figure out how to like get one up on the in the game because like when he signed a deal with Columbia Records, he had all of this like equity going in. He had and he was able to command this deal where it's like a 50-50 profit share essentially, mm-hmm. which labels don't really do very often. Mm-hmm. And he owns his masters, he owns like all that stuff and it's like that's the kind of thing that you're like you're starting to see a little bit more of, mm-hmm. but I th- I feel like if there's anything to take away from Russ mm-hmm. for other artists, it's that. Yeah. That's a really wonderful silver lining that you found to someone who I think has otherwise made no positive contributions to hip hop culture. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, like he's, yeah, I guess he's got that. That is true. All those things are true. And those are, are laudable, I suppose. But like his music is the, like actually like what it is. It's like, all about how great he is and how wonderful his success is and how he doesn't, no one else deserves any credit except for himself, which I guess is justified based on what you're saying. But it also is like, I don't know. He's so corny. Like he's just so corny. Yeah. I think, I think if you think about like what you're describing, that's like the case of a lot of rap. It's like describing their success and about how great their success is. Yeah. But on such a Weasley motherfucker, like yeah. Russ, it just is so tasteless. It yeah, just feels exactly. gross. Well, he's white. Yeah, it's because he's white and he has long, goofy hair. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, and it's also funny because he does things that, like, you know, ostensibly could be cool, yeah. but just end up seeming, like, so atrocious. Yeah. And I'm thinking specifically of how, you know, there's been this longstanding beef between Russ and a bunch of, like, hip-hop industry figures, one of whom is the rapper from Florida, Smoke Perp. Mm-hmm. And... I think there was a time that, like, if, if I recall how this situation went down correctly, Smoke Perp was talking shit about Russ and was saying, you know, when I see you, it's on site and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then at the Wireless Festival in London, mm-hmm. Russ had his goons pull up on Smoke Perp and yeah, they, they put him. the beats on him. Yeah, it robbed his chain, I think. Yeah. And then, and, and this story wasn't in the, in the media for a while. And mm-hmm. then, it kind of like, le- like Russ, I think, alluded to it on the Breakfast Club and then it came out. Mm-hmm. And I remember the, essentially, it seemed like the entire, hip-hop industry was like that's disgusting yeah exactly <laughs> when if this was like nearly anybody else you're like mm, that boy about that life yeah exactly <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah I, I i mean it is corny though because think about it it's like he didn't grow up with these people they he's like found these people to, i don't like, know if that's true or not though i think, think? He, i think he may have grown up with really? these people yeah interesting yeah i don't know i mean to be honest it just gets back to the classic white rapper thing that i feel like there's a lot of people who like rap music, but the problem is that it's made by black people. <laughs> That's right. So, like, there's, like, the Russes for them yeah. are what the... easy easy You know, like, realistically, you listen to these people's music, and you're like, what makes them stand out at all? Mm-hmm. And then you look at them, and then that's the answer. Uh, and so, like, you know, the reason Eminem or Paul Wall or Mac Miller are good is because of, like, what they contribute to the culture around them more or less Mm -hmm. you know like eminem had to come up the hard way you know brought d12 along with him Mm -hmm. gave you know bizarre would not have the money he has had if it were not for eminem (laughs) mac miller put on so many people paul wall was you know that was his legit you know his authentic culture that he came from yeah i i 
as I've mentioned before on this podcast, spent my high school years in Houston. And this is before like the Houston rap rap uh, moment had broken mainstream. So before Still Tippin came out and there used to be just, they were play all the, the local rappers who played a ton on the, the hip hop station, hot, uh, sorry, 97, nine, the box. And there was a big like Sunday night show that Michael Watts used to do with all the screwed and chop music. And just the, general in general, there's just like Houston rap radio, Houston mm-hmm. rappers on the radio all the time. I remember listening to Paul Wall and Chameleoner who were like a rap duo mm-hmm. and I would always hear them on the radio and I love their songs and I didn't really know what they looked like. Mm-hmm. And then I remember once I saw a photo of the two of them, I'm like, oh, it's Paul Wall and Chameleoner. And wait, who's the white guy? Right. Why is there a white guy in this photo of Paul Wall and Chameleoner? Yeah. And they're like, wait, that's Paul Wall? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, finding out Paul Wall was white was like a real revelation for me in like 2002. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel from, from that alone, Paul, you're certified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, whereas, you know, the, yeah, the long tradition of the, the vanilla ice, um, Asher Roth, Macklemore, Macklemore, you know, like, I mean, honestly, even Eminem, like, as he, you know, uh, he's not very popular anymore amongst like rap aficionados. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, mostly because he's made garbage music for the last however long, most Ten of his years career. At least. Uh, but he is like, He's still so popular just because of like who he is demographically. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, that's true. It's this how it is. Um, so why like why like with Russ's success of so that's being the like sort of crux of his subject matter? Like even with all the legitimate work he puts in and his like good business acumen, like like that. Then just the notion of his subject matter being like. I'm so successful. It's like, well, look in the mirror and ask yourself why. It's true. It's true. And like, you know, the the interesting thing about I think rap white rappers who've done a more respectable way of handling their career, uh, to some degree at least, is like if you think of like, you know, Mac Miller or Mac Lamore, and you think even Eminem and even Eminem, mm-hmm. they all went through this reckoning of understanding that they're way more successful because they're white. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh I think on White America, Eminem has a line where he's like Let's do the math. If I was black, I wouldn't have sold half. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. and Mac Miller himself went through a lot. Mac Lamar put out that song, White Privilege 2. <laughs> and he that sent was, that embarrassing text after he won the Grammy. Sent that embarrassing text to Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. I just re- remember from that, like, I remember Drake saying, where's the rest of our texts? <laughs> 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 Which is... In a lot of ways, the most drakiest thing you could yeah. possibly say, and also like I don't think he's wrong about no, that. He's like, true. you got to text the rest of the the nominee class, and yeah, yeah, you know, a tone, yeah. But yeah, I mean, generally, Russ, uh, not great yeah. musically, uh, interesting businessman. But I also think that you know the by by and large, the hip hop game would be better for ignoring him. I agree as much as possible. Yeah. All right, so. This question is from our man Scotty G, longtime Boosie Fade the Party Shout attendee, uh, writer for Hip Hop DX and Billboard.com, and all around just good dude. Uh, the question is if emo rap is the trend right now, what is next? What's going to be popping in 2020, 2021? Mm. This is a great question and something I find myself thinking about a lot because it's very hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe this is optimistic, but I, I could I could see more. 
Well, one thing I'll say that I actually see coming out happening a lot more is um, offbeat rap, like Blueface being now the most mm-hmm. famous um, example. But like a lot of street rap, especially from Detroit and Northern California, has also has that offbeat sound, mm-hmm. and some people from Chicago as well. And so, you know, Blueface being successful in a new style. I think that – I see that at least in 2019, I can say I think there will be some other more like, you know, mainstream hit makers who have slightly offbeat rap. Um, so that's one thing I think. What about you, Jordan? What do you what do you see? I think um, that in the next few years we're going to see uh, a slight change in subject matter. Yeah. I imagine there's going to be like more climate change rap. You know, people <laughs> trap it up the Tesla and whatnot. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. I I don't know. It's so hard to say because, like, you know, I think of, like, who – I think that the 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 quickness at which someone can fall off now is mm-hmm. almost, like, dizzying. Yeah. Not necessarily commercially. I mean, like, in terms of, like, actual, like – Relevance. Yeah. Re- like, this, or just, like, the skill of their music almost. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think of, like, last year – and the early episodes of, of Catch Up, we were ta- I was talking a lot about Juice World and about how excited I was about Juice World, mm-hmm. and now I find him pretty unlistenable. Right? <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. It's like he, but he's massively popular. He is massively popular, and that's not going to end. Yeah, I think even you know, like Blueface, it'll be interesting to see, like because Blueface is like really, you see Blueface and uh, his label trying to hang, like hang on to this thought Tatiana wave and mm-hmm. trying to like extend it got the Cardi B remix got the YG remix mm-hmm. it's clear that they are trying to extend this moment for as long as possible mm-hmm. and I wonder I like I think at this point that you know if he releases another decent song it'll be like a huge hit yeah but it, it also makes me wonder like why hasn't he released one yeah <laughs> you know? well, yeah it's a good question I guess the, I guess the shelf life of Tatiana hasn't hasn't expended itself yeah there's a lot of people that haven't heard the song yet you know yeah. they're still discovering it but Obama got what four months? Sicko like five months. That's right. That's right. That's you know, I don't think Thadion is quite on those songs levels, mm-hmm. but uh, it's pretty close. Yeah, I've, we're into I've, month two, three now, almost. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Of it being like pretty mainstream, I guess I, 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 I don't know. I find it. I think that this maybe this isn't like a stylistic thing. I think just like as a cultural trend at hip hop at large. I think that. Uh, the women of hip hop are having a moment right now, mm-hmm. and it's been a pretty extended moment. And if you think about how the rap game has been set up traditionally, is that there's always like only one woman in that spot, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas you'll have like you can have a Kendrick, Drake, you know, Jay Cole, who are kind mm-hmm. of like uh, are the the triumvirate that run the 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 game in a lot yeah. of ways. And then you'll have like one woman rapper that's in a spot that's like adjacent to them, like mm-hmm. Nicki. I think what we're going to have is we're going to have maybe not somebody that's at the scale of a Drake, Cole, or Kendrick, but I think you're going to have like maybe another tier of just like top level like women rappers mm-hmm. and a collection of them being re- extremely popular. Yeah. So like City Girls. City uh, Girls is going to, it's already becoming so huge on like a, a serious like, like high school kids, every, all high school kids knowing, having to know the words to it. That's her. right. Like the other night we played, uh, when we were DJing at Apartment 200, we played Act uh, Act Up, the City Girl song. Yeah. And people like lost their minds for yeah. it, you know? Um, and then you got like Megan Thee Stallion, who's mm-hmm. like really She's blowing up, blowing up, breakout. She's had some really breakout, like freestyle mm-hmm. uh, moments at different radio stations. So I just think that that's like kind of like a wave that's, that's, probably going to be pretty big in 2020 and 2021 yeah offset 
uh, said interestingly recently that he thinks swag rap is like over and that subs- like he see he thinks that substantive lyrics are going to come back, which I thought was interesting coming from uh, you know Offset. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say his like his solo record, which I didn't love the like music on it as a whole. Like I found it a little monotonous, but. Uh, he definitely was trying. Is definitely I could see him being a little bit more ambitious in terms of the type of subject matter he was talking about, like mm-hmm. the substance of being a father and his I, mom, and his mom, yeah, stuff like that. And uh, I think I, that would be interesting to me if there's truth in that. That more rappers are going to try and go deeper. I don't know if that's true. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I mean, Tatiana again. We were just talking about that being the biggest song, and that's a, not exactly a deep. Yeah, deep. I, I, and I guess, that, but I also think there's like a distinction between like those kind of like breakout club singles mm-hmm. and then the kind of projects that people put out. Yeah, you know, I mean, I will say that I find like like little baby say who you know we've talked about a bunch on this podcast and who is like probably gonna he's it's sort of a little bit quiet for him right now, but he's gonna be I'm sure he'll be breaking out with another huge song soon, mm-hmm. and his music has it's like the, the lyrics are pretty thoughtful. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so he he's maybe one of the hottest rappers out for someone who hasn't really got like a hot single presently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, but they're like playing Drip Too Hard on like ESPN and stuff. And uh, and like a lot of his stuff, I, his lyrics I find pretty clever, pretty substantive. Yeah, definitely agree. You know, so yeah, there might be something to that as well. It'd be, it'd be quite nice. I think I, I feel very as someone who likes, you know, a lot of mindless, ignorant rap. I like I wouldn't mind if there was a little bit of a pendulum swing to that that side a little bit i agree i think that we're long overdue for it yeah you know i was saying this in the group but i think that's like the important and we said this i think in the first episode where we talked about j cole but like the importance of having someone like a j cole like having the three most popular rappers Mm -hmm. uh like drake cole and kendrick Mm -hmm. having two of them being more kind of like maybe two and a half drake sometimes but Mm -hmm. having them be more kind of like the thoughtful, like kind of like backpack adjacent rappers, mm-hmm. I think is really important for the rap games, the health of the overall rap game. Yeah. I mean, it kind of seemed like Chance was going to take over that at mm-hmm. some point, but it doesn't, it seems like he's got too many other interests. I don't think he cares so much about dominating the rap game when he can be like in Dorito commercials or whatever. That's right. I think, I think that's the thing. It's like rappers are not just. I think it's hard to find rappers who are whose first interest now is solely rap, rap. And, and, and dedicate themselves like that. Yeah, and it's, it's also because you can only probably have that as your in, your sole interest for so long when mm-hmm. all these other opportunities start coming your way, and you they're start easy. like, yeah, they're way easier. Um, there's less of a chance of you like missing with them. It's like, yeah. do this Dorito commercial. If it sucks, people expect it to suck. Yeah, exactly. you know what I mean. Like, matter. and that few million in the bank doesn't make any difference. You yeah, know, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. That money doesn't look different if it comes from Doritos or if it comes from record sales. Exactly. You know? So, yeah, yeah, we'll see. So, well, I mean, like offbeat rapping, female rappers, more substantive lyrics. I, I think those probably climate change rap. Climate change rap. Yeah, yeah. I, I I would like some climate change rap. I'd Me be too. very impressed if someone can make pull cool my ice climate. caps are melting. Yeah, exactly. Let my ice, ice, ice. <laughs> <laughs> Drop that offset. Yeah, put that on the next record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why is the you you have actually touched on something? There has been way too little 
like ice cap melting, ice in my wrist, medit like imagery. I know. I was thinking about this wow. last night. I was thinking about this last night. Wow, you should be a rapper. You know what? It might not be too late for me. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to be the first the first rapper to have Naomi Klein do the these intro <laughs> the, inters, <laughs> the intro interlude yeah. <laughs> on their album? Yeah. Um. All right. So this question is from Trevor K. Uh, great artist, longtime Boosie Fade member. Uh, his question is. Who has had the best career rebrand? Hmm. It's a difficult question. I, I, one thing I was thinking about recently is like, who's had the best, like post the best post rap careers. Mm -hmm. uh, and I guess like, obviously there's like people like Jay-Z, but they also feel like they don't even count. I mean, Jay-Z is yeah. still rapping, but it almost it's feels like it doesn't count like... because his success is like so massive. But I was, I was thinking of like Queen Latifah. She's a good one. She's had such an incredible career. Yeah. Like since she's stopped rapping, if mm -hmm. you think about like, you know, the Oscar, uh, did she win the Oscar nominated? I can't remember for Chicago. Nominated. She got nominated for Chicago. And then she has her production company flavor unit, which makes television and movies. And they have deals with Netflix and like, you know, and she was in some like number, like a ton of number one movies in the, in the, uh, two thousands. And, mm -hmm. Uh, and now she's still acting and still is like, it was her, it was her birthday recently. And I was just seeing like all of these like posts from different like artists about just giving her love. And I was like li listening to some of her like old records and stuff. And it's just like, she's had such a, a like a thoughtful like career with like very few, if any missteps. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I think it's, a, she's like an interesting model for a lot of other rappers of how to like age gracefully and rap, which is very hard to do. Yeah. It really is. Oh, that's an. It's a really interesting question. Rebrand. I mean, ra like one of the things is rappers have just. It's like they're almost like athletes. Like it's. It's very hard for them to have careers after they're like thirty five. Um, I mean, Joe Budden's a good example, obviously, because he never even was that successful as a rapper, at least commercially. Mm -hmm. You know, he had his his sort of fan base, but I think he's much more famous now than he was, except for maybe the height of Pump It Up. That, like in any of the following year the mood music years mm -hmm. like um i mean who else is there i mean 50 cent very impressive 50 cent it, it really incredible an incredible career yeah just in, is like his television production his film production mm -hmm. he has so power which is a massive hit on stars has led him to a series of deals with different networks he has a deal with uh, with stars um he has he had a show that was on this Sony owned channel called crackle mm -hmm. that um, Sean Bean was on from yeah. game of Thrones. And he just, so he sold a show to, I believe it's NBC. They have a show that he's working on. That's going to be like on network television. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't think anyone necessarily saw this for him. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's proven to be pretty savvy business wise absolutely, and to be a complete sociopath, <laughs> <laughs> an unrepentant sociopath yeah. at the same time. But I think that's a pretty solid, pretty solid, uh, yeah, if, if I would, if it's a rebrand in terms of who you are as a rapper, uh, I would say the most successful one that I can think of might be Killer Mike. Uh, mm. Like Run the Jewels is a totally different lane, and he sees he's seen so much more success than he ever saw as a solo rapper. I personally prefer old Killer Mike. Not a big Run the Jewels fan, mm -hmm. um, mostly because I don't like LP rap that much. Uh, you don't well, like what LP? Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, that style of rap never never really did a lot for me. It's just not not my my favorite. Like I love like if you if you've only ever listened to Run the Jewels, you should go back and listen to I Pledge Allegiance to the Grind. Uh, his sort of like Killer Mike was in label uh, label limbo for a long time, so he released these sort of 
independent projects because I think his his first record was called Monster, maybe that got totally shelved. Like his his official label debut from two thousand five got shelved and was released like six years later. It wasn't very good, to be honest. But uh, go back and listen to Old Killer Mike, Pledge Allegiance to the Grind. That mm-hmm. stuff is great. Mm-hmm. And his show on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he he's done very well in his his rebrand. I'd say Gucci Mane also. No, oh, Gucci. Very successful Gucci, rebrand. Gucci's Gucci's the answer. Yeah, that's the answer. He was like the biggest hip hop villain of all time. He really he burned. I don't know how many of you remember this, but he had kind of like a lean induced meltdown in, on Twitter in yeah. like 2009, and he insulted so many people that he worked with like Nicki minaj he said stuff about drake he said stuff about waka he said stuff about he it Everybody, was like almost. it was like it was one of those things i remember watching it, it was later he, than 2009 i think it's 2011 or okay something that's, more re- it was more yeah, recent. That, yeah that also makes sense. it was right before he went back to jail and it was just time. it just seemed like i was like why would anybody ever work with this guy again yeah it's like he literally torched every relationship he had yeah um but look at him now yeah you know yeah he's got he's sort of the elder statesman of atlanta he gets uh like pretty mainstream pop like rap features you know mm-hmm. um he's like bruno mars out here yeah yeah like he's you know he's doing well mm-hmm. his music is isn't as good as it used to be it's it's spotty it's inconsistent yeah. there's I would some say. good stuff there's like a lot of like uh very average verses from him or at least in if you, i think for maybe another rapper they'd be pretty pr- good pretty good but for gucci if you listen to gucci during like the 2007 to 2010, 12. 12. I feel good stuff. Some, some stuff in like 2011, like 2012, but like it was, I feel like the real like peak run was like 2007, mostly 2010 to 2010. And if you compare that to what he's doing now, it's not nearly as impressive. Yeah. Um, but he still is a very solid, consistent performer. And you just like to see him live like happy and healthily. That's right. Yeah. Um, okay. So this next question is, why do this is exceptions from Ryan K. It's like, why do Young Thug's offspring, like Gunna or Lil Baby, consistently sell more records and chart higher than he does? I can't seem to make sense of it. It's a good question. Uh, I think it's that he doesn't really seem to be interested in pursuing like the traditional paths to success and putting out uh sort of singles and pushing those those singles like concerting his like best efforts into uh you know to to make like the equivalent of like a sicko mode or something like that mm. it's like it, it seems like i mean i remember um was it leo cohen yep yeah accused him of putting his like music out there like essentially like putting like you know leaving it out there to die on the vine more or less mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so I think that's sort of a part of it a little bit. But I also think sometimes it's just that like when you're like an innovator and a pioneer and you, things don't align for you exactly in the way like say like Future is the other sort of parent of these rappers and he got to have his sort of dirty sprite two year. Mm-hmm. He was married to, to uh, or he was with Sierra for a bit mm-hmm. uh, and had like, you know, a little bit more like A-list celebrity time. Mm-hmm. Um Whereas that never really quite happened for Young Thug, you know, yeah. like considering how good and an important rapper he is. Um, I, yeah. I, so I, that it's like, like, I mean, someone like Little B, for example, is incredibly influential. Like someone like Famous Dex, exa- like raps almost exactly like him, except a little bit more cohesive. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, Famous Dex probably made more off like one of his 
bigger singles than Lil B's made in his entire career, mm, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, I also think that in general, that Young Thug is probably a little too eccentric to ever really become mm-hmm. an A-list superstar, um, both in the way that he approaches his career and just stylistically. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about like some of his biggest solo songs, mm-hmm. like, you know, like Best Friend, for mm-hmm. instance, uh, which is a great song. Mm-hmm. And it, it just doesn't really seem, it's just not something that I think has that super big crossover potential. Mm-hmm. Then again, you could say the same thing for a lot of little baby songs, but you know, little, know. but little baby had that, that, that Drake stimulus package for his biggest, that was his big it's breakout true. moment. Yeah. You know? And Thugger has never really had a moment like that, where it's just like kind of like a clear slam dunk. That was his song mm-hmm. that features another artist who's like going to help elevate him. Yeah, exactly. Young Thug's usually the one doing the elevation. Yeah, you know? that's true. Um, and it, I don't know. It is it is kind of curious, but I, I I've I've definitely stopped expecting. I was convinced for years that I'm like Barter Barter Six or like whatever the yeah. next project is, the, like High Tunes, whatever yeah. whatever Young Thug project <laughs> that has been rumored. I'm like this is going to be the one that has all the singles, the huge bangers. It's going to yeah. give him a top ten hit. But I just don't think that he he has the appetite to create that kind of music. I think that he just kind of wants to have his creative freedom and make the kind of songs that he wants to make mm-hmm. and that's sort of like what we're going to get from him for the next few years. And we're probably just going to see him pop up and feature on a, you know, Camilla Cabello song or, yeah, yeah. uh, or whoever the highest bidder is. Yeah. And he's going to help make these songs like massive hits, mm-hmm. but it's never going to happen on his albums. Like, that. yeah, I think so. I mean, even, even think of like, uh, uh, beautiful thugger girls, mm-hmm. you know, like, like it's like it's country very, rap. It's a very eccentric. The, the original yeehaw agenda it's tr- started. <laughs> wow. with Young Thug, you know, Damn. um, but it's just like what a what an odd choice. What a not necessarily the most commercially viable choice. It's just like an artistic choice that takes him in a direction that isn't going to take him to the top of the charts. Mm-hmm. It's true, and I mean ultimately, uh, I think just so much of of what sells is about how easy it is to package it, and Young Thug will never be easy to package. That's great. Okay, so this next question comes from our man Triple Ryan, 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 Ryan. Uh, if you redrafted your rookie class, uh, we did our rookie class episode for episode 25, which you can go back and listen to. If you redrafted your rookie class now, who would you swap out for whom? And just to run through who we selected. So these are the rappers that we had selected. YNW Melly, City Girls, Blueface, Claremont II, YBN Corday, Mike, 22Gs, and Partisan Fontaine. So who would you swap out for whom on this list? Well, I think you could probably, I mean, Melly really was having his moment, but then, you know, the rather unfortunate news broke that he is accused of of first degree murder, murder, at least two, possibly three cases of first degree murder. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a pretty awful story. Uh, but I don't expect a lot of music coming out from him in the future. So someone who I thought was going to probably be one of the next cute biggest stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think, I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll get out, get off and, and his career will continue, but it doesn't look like that right that now. That seems extremely unlikely. Yeah. So I would, I would replace, uh, Melly with Lizzo who just released a really great new song with Missy Elliott. Uh, called Tempo. Let's actually listen to a bit of it right now. Great call. Slow songs, they for skinny hoes. Can't move all of this here to one of those. I'm a thick bitch. I need tempo. 
Fuck it up to the tempo. Pity pat, pity pat, pity pity pat. Look at my ass, it's fitty fitty fat. Kitty cat, kitty cat, kitty kitty cat. Pour me a glass, boy, I like my water wet. Throw it back. Throw it back. Catch that. I need a jack for all of this ass, but it won't go flat. Baby, baby. Yeah, she's just she's having a moment. Oh my god! You want she's to talk on Ellen moments? and all that? Yeah, like, she's on Ellen. Her show in Toronto at the Danforth Music Hall sold out in like a dizzyingly fast time. Yeah. Like I tried to get tickets and there was no shot. You know what my take on her is? Mm. She's like you know those songs like um, Pharrell's like Happy or mm-hmm, like CeeLo's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Fuck You, but not corny. That's, That's like right. her, her. She's like this like super like positive like super wide appeal type mm-hmm, of music mm-hmm. but without that kind of like grading like kind of uh you know overly like i don't know just too too saccharine yeah exactly <laughs> you know too happy kind of sentiment behind it too uh-huh. like kind of corny like she's super fun she's just someone who is like very charismatic she's funny she's really funny you want to see her succeed mm-hmm. it's easy, very easy to root for her uh yeah clever just great musician like she She can play the flute and twerk at the same time exactly you know not a lot of people can so i i think she i mean if she's probably gonna have a number one this year really i would say interesting interesting i I hope so i i see it i hope so she's like on ellen like that's like that's right that's step one and she's just like the type of music that like i feel like you know i i can just see like housewives listen to and like their daughters and like music journalists like when someone hits like all those demographics you know what i mean like uh so yeah she 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 would put her in for melly uh well you know there's another one uh who you're a big fan of who the baby oh yes of course that's right if i was doing this list the baby would be all of my choices yeah uh the baby is a rapper from charlotte north carolina who is very recently, like honestly, in the last month or five weeks, just extremely blown up. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got a really interesting story, you know, and he's, he's just like a really interesting style of rapper because, you know, as we were talking about earlier about like a lot of things sounding the same, mm-hmm. he is definitely in the trap rap mold, but sounds very different yeah. because he's like a rapper rapper. Yeah. You know, it's like his, he's got a lot of like jokes in his rhymes. He's got, a lot of different tropes, like recurring tropes. And he, he's like very clearly somebody who who takes the act of rapping seriously. Mm-hmm, very creative. Uh, extremely creative. Let's listen to a little bit of DaBaby. This is a song called 21. Yeah, so I'm just a huge fan. I just think he's really funny, mm-hmm. and he's a, his videos are amazing. He's just so charismatic. It's yeah. like his videos give you a vibe of like it's like the old Buster Rhymes videos or old Eminem videos of just like outlandish, kind of cartoonish. Yeah, um, the conceptual. Yeah, very conceptual. And yeah, and it's like, and he also, it's like, I think that another part of what's driving his fandom, which I, I do think it's like a little bit, I, I, I do always kind of feel a little bit like, 
I sometimes can find this kind of off putting when there's this kind of like authenticity fetishization yeah. amongst artists. Yeah. But you know, you don't have to look far in the baby's track record to find out that he he really lives what his what he yeah, raps he's about. about it. There is this one really big viral video of when he's shooting a video for one of his songs in Atlanta. Uh and he's like he's, dressed up in costume. <laughs> he's, he's in costume, and these goons pull up. Yeah, and they basically say like, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta check in. You can't just like shoot your video here." Yeah, and you know, I think most people would feel kind of pressed by this because these yeah. guys are yelling at him from across like a, a massive lawn, mm-hmm. and then he just really does not back down. He's yeah. like, "Listen, this is like not the way to handle this." It's like if you wanted to come talk to me on some big dog shit, you could have like pulled me aside. Like, don't yell at me from across. Like the he's like so like he's like his and he says repeatedly, "I ain't no peewee." Yeah, you know, <laughs> which is like, which is just like, and it, I think just for the this video is like gone extremely viral, and people, a lot of rap fans are like, "Whoa, this yeah. is cool!" Like yeah. he's just not afraid. Um, yeah, so I think that's also another part of his appeal to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, he also had another unfortunate incident in, yeah. in a Walmart. People uh, tried to rob him in front right. with his family. Yeah, and then and he, he defended it. himself. Yeah, and they, they did not make it out. Yes, they did not make it out. And he did not have to, and he was like, the police didn't mm, charge him. Didn't charge him because it's a clear act of self defense. Yeah, and yeah, yeah so it, don't try little ba- the the baby. Yeah, don't try the baby. It's not <laughs> worth it. Yeah. So um, yeah, those are. I mean, yeah, you could stick him in. He he he. Right now, probably is like at least at the sort of Corday level. You know. Oh, he's p- past Corday. Maybe maybe he he, he put out. You know, Corday's wait to wait. I'd say was still to be seen. Yeah, I think I think that too. I think yeah. that too. But I mean, just in terms of like what's Where happening right, right now, now. Yeah. I mean, he put out a song the other day that is like just like a freestyle that's mm-hmm. actually promoting Baby on Baby, like his uh his new pro his new project, mm-hmm. and it it hit like a million views in three days. Yeah, you know, yeah. his Breakfast Club interview is like blown up blown up yeah so i think that he's like he's having his moment right now yeah and he hasn't even really worked with a lot of like the big artists I that like i like that i think i like that. i think that's really cool too that he's like it's all off of his own merit mm-hmm. so um sorry this question comes from max uh which nba player has left the most indelible mark on hip-hop beyond Shaq? Ooh. um culturally it's probably michael jordan yeah that's true LeBron James is doing his thing right now. Balling produ- like MJ. Producing two, for, for Two Chains. You know? uh-huh, a and I mean, I think, I don't know if there's a way that I can, to really like validate this. Yeah. But I feel like on a cultural level, like Allen Iverson. Yeah. Just like his look, his demeanor, yeah. his attitude, I feel like probably like has inspired so many rappers in terms of how they want to model themselves. Yes. Um, so I, w- I would, I would give a shout out to AI. I like that answer too. Mm-hmm. And Iverson is one of my all time favorite players. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are someone who's gone into rap, uh, oh, sorry, you're someone who's gone into the NBA recently because of uh, the Raptors success. For all our Toronto listeners go back and watch Alan Iverson highlights. It's a really good way to spend your weekend. That's right. Well, well, thank you for joining us on this part one of a two-part mailbag yeah. series. Uh, questions are really great. Thank you so much for these questions. These are very thoughtful, very smart. Makes me really proud of our of our audience. Mm-hmm. We, we, we have a lot to be proud of. You really came listen. through. You guys came through, man. You guys came through so heavy that we have to break this into two episodes. So our next episode will, will handle the other half of the questions that we got from our listeners. Yeah. So once again, uh, if you haven't, 
rated, reviewed, or subscribed, please do that. It yeah, really it's, it's helps time. us. It helps us. It helps our numbers. It's time. You know, like there it comes a point in every relationship where you have to commit. You know what I mean? It's like grow up. Just like just take that next step. Mm-hmm. You won't. It, It'll take you ten minutes at the most. Not even. Yeah. Not even. It'll take you like a minute. And and then you'll have shown your commitment, and you know it's like you've grown up a little bit with that. You'll you'll help us, yeah. Um, and uh, follow our Instagram account at Ketchup Podcast to see all of the great uh, content that we have there. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned, and we'll see you next week. Peace. <laughs>